No one has ever seen God, the only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. Today we celebrate, we celebrate such a tremendous mystery that the God who no one has seen makes himself visible. He's revealed in his son Jesus. And today we celebrate his birth, come, his coming into the world as a little baby. So I've been thinking, uh, as I was preparing this homily, just thinking about how a baby changes so many things. This is certainly true for the life of the couple who's been awaiting and hoping for a child. A baby, such a source of joy for them, turns their whole lives upside down in a beautiful way, actually. Uh, there's so much that a baby requires of parents, and parents often begin to live responsibly for the first time uh, when they have that child because they have to. They know that that little child needs everything from them. And if they are neglectful in their duties, that would have very serious consequences. So it's beautiful. I've certainly seen this in my own family. I've seen my, my brothers who are tough guys I see, I see how when they've held their, their babies, they're so tender with them. It's like those, those macho hearts melt instantaneously when a little baby is placed in, in their arms. It's so beautiful to see, even within a family, how much it changes when there's, when there's a baby, how much more joyful family time becomes. Uh, when there's a baby to celebrate. Babies are like magnets. I certainly experience this in my own family. Uh, I can't wait. I, I love it when my siblings have children and hope that they continue to do so for a long time. My, my youngest niece is eight months old, and I just love holding her. She's so precious. And... Uh, I, I see how when, when she is, when we're at a family gathering and she's there, she's kind of the center of attention, but in a very good and, and pure way. Like everybody can't wait for their time to, to spend with her and to hold her. When we're, if, if, so maybe you've had children of your own, so you know what it's like very well to hold a sleeping child, but if we can just imagine that for a moment, what it's like to hold a sleeping child, gazing down at that child, uh, feeling our own hearts that might be kind of cold uh, because of sufferings in our life and how, it, how we forget about that when we're holding that baby, how there's... There's something so human about that moment and simple about that moment that we experience a real happiness in that moment. Happiness holding this little child who's so helpless, needing everything. And it's so simple. There's nothing that we have to figure out. We just have to continue to let the baby sleep in our arms. So certainly, uh, this would have been the experience of Mary and Joseph as they 
held Jesus as they gazed at him with such love and admiration and astonishment at the gift that God had given them, as they continued to gaze upon him, as they placed him in in the trough, they would have known such a, a deep happiness and joy. It's so simple. All they had to do was receive this gift that God was giving them, care for this gift. And it wasn't just Mary and Joseph who experienced such tremendous happiness at this newborn baby. We could think about the first visitors to to Bethlehem, uh, the ones who were out in the fields that night, the shepherds. It's good for us to remember that shepherds were like the lowest on the totem pole in the society of first, first century Palestine. Nobody really aspired to be a shepherd. It's just kind of what, what happened when, um, when you weren't good at other things. Then you were relative, rele- relegated to shepherd's work. Shepherds were poor, humble people, rough around the edges, dirty, smelled like their sheep. And it's that group that God wanted to be the first ones to receive the gospel message. It's amazing. Just makes us think about who we think is important in the world. That group that we think is important isn't necessarily who God thinks is important. Because God wanted the message of his son to first be given to humble, poor people. So these rough guys gaze in astonished wonder at this army of angels that has a message just for them. And then they, and then they find their way to this mother and father and child and gaze with astonished wonder at them. How much love they must have felt from God as they looked at this little baby with wonder. They didn't even know he was God, at least not here. But there was something that happened in their hearts as they gazed on that little baby. A happiness that they'd never known before. Something so deep and pure and true. Some of them probably had rather cold hearts up until they had that experience of going to Bethlehem, seeing that little baby in his mother's arms, the warmth and the light that was emanating from them, the love that they felt from being there. How beautiful. Those men were changed that day. Uh, We know this because the gospel tells us that they when they left the manger, they glorified and praised God. What does it tell us about God that he wanted to reveal himself to us in this way? Again, today's gospel reading, no one has ever seen God. The only son, God, who is at the Father's side has revealed him. Jesus reveals to us who God is. It's good for us to think about how 
we can be tempted to think of God in, in these different ways that are other than what our faith teaches us. So I can be tempted to think that God is distant from me. Or maybe I've just experienced a lot of suffering in my life and I think that maybe God has forgotten me altogether or is punishing me for something. We can think of God as an exacting judge who is constantly evaluating me as I constantly fall short of his hopes for me. We can think of God as someone who must be disappointed in me or someone who's frustrated with me as I can feel frustrated with myself. Again, all of these ways that we can be tempted to think about God have nothing to do with how our faith teaches us about who God actually is. But this is precisely how the enemy wants us to think about God. The enemy wants us to believe that God is remote, distant, and disappointed. But as we look at the nativity scene, as we see that little helpless baby sleeping so peacefully, as I see the love that radiates between man, woman, and child there, I experience within myself a happiness and a peace. What is God revealing to us about himself here, that he would reveal himself to us, make himself visible for the first time ever in this way as a little baby? Is he not showing us, as, as, we, know, as we know how happy it makes us to hold a little baby, is he not showing us that he is happiness come in person? that he is in his very person, happiness, joy, peace, love, paradise, come in person. And is he not showing us that if I want happiness in my life, all I have to do is humbly embrace my humble God, Jesus to humbly embrace my humble God, Jesus. This is what the shepherds did. Humble men, imperfect. They humbly came to that stable and humbly embraced their humble God, Jesus. They encountered there not a dictator, not an exacting judge who's simply waiting for them to fail again, but they encountered happiness in person, love come in person. As we think about those shepherds, we begin to realize something. And again, this is how the enemy wants us to think, that I need to get my life together before I can have a relationship with God. The opposite is true. It's only a relationship with God that will give me the grace I need to get my life together. The relationship with God has to come first. And if we believe what we see in the scriptures, it's to the poor, the humble, the broken that God came. This is what Jesus says. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I did not come to call the righteous, he says, but sinners. 
So today on this Christmas morning, let's let our hearts be astonished by God's love, astonished at how different he actually is than what I'm tempted to think about him, that he is love, happiness, paradise in person. And he simply invited me to humbly embrace my humble God, Jesus. As we grow in our faith, we begin to realize more and more how humble God is, that not only did he humble himself by becoming a helpless little baby, but here at the altar, he humbles himself by becoming a a helpless little host. He can't do anything there. He just waits, waits for our faith, waits for our love, desiring so much that we would believe in him and accept the gift of love he offers to us there in the Eucharist. Let's pray for the faith that makes us astonished by his love that we see there at Bethlehem in the manger and astonished by his coming so humbly here at the altar at every Mass. And let us humbly embrace today our humble God, Jesus, and be filled with the happiness that he is.